just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It's a Sunday. And you know, I was thinking to myself, it's a Sunday, a day of rest. Not a lot going on in the news. Everything is pretty much status quo. Do I really need to do a podcast today? Should I just take the day off and uh, start up again on Monday? And then I realized something. That's exactly how a lazy Trumplafuck would think. <laughs> so I ain't doing that. I'm not doing that. As long as you're out there and willing to listen, I need to show up and give you the information that you're looking for. This is kind of a daily get-together for us. There will be those days when I can't do the podcast because I'm out of town, out of circulation, out of something, and it will happen eventually. But if I'm up, available, and ready, I should do the podcast. And that's what we're going to do today. Again, I want to thank you immensely for the time you take out of your day out of your week, out of your month, to spend time listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. That is a a great reward for me. You know, a lot of people want to make a lot of money, want fame, fortune, all that stuff. The fact that I have certain people that will take the time out of their day to listen to my podcast, that is a lot to give, and I do appreciate it. So let's get to talking about what's going on. And again, it's Sunday, so there isn't, it's not quite as intense as, say, a weekday, but there's still plenty of things to talk about. Well, you remember that anal wart Governor Greg Abbott of Texas. Well, he says what he's going to do is load the migrants from the border onto buses and then send them to Washington, D.C., He says, if Joe Biden won't come to the border, he will bring the border to Joe Biden. (laughs) Some people think he's really planning to do this. And this is what Republicans do. They make these crazy fucking claims or these accusations or these threats. And people say, oh, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. Well, he's not going to do it. Realistically, this is a grandstand or a bullshit red meat for the Trumplafucks. He has no authority to do anything like this. And how is he going to get money to pay for it? What's he going to take it it out of tax money from white people? Yeah, they're going to fucking love that. See, this is what politicians do, especially Republican politicians. They make these wild claims. They make these wild threats because they know a faction of the people that follow them will believe it no matter what. Now that he said that he's going to put migrants on a bus and send them to Washington, D.C., in those folks' minds, it's already been done. And if it hasn't already been done, it's going to be done, no question about it. He knows they believe that. Anybody with any intelligence realizes, yeah, that's not going to fucking happen. That's just not going to happen. Trump the fucks don't care about facts or truth. They just spew some inflammatory rhetoric, and the toothless redneck scum will eat it up like it's good. 
I mean, we've seen Donald Trump do this all along. We've seen Republican senators and Republican representatives will flat out lie to you. (laughs) I saw one Republican talking about Ketanji Brown-Smith, and he was saying that she uh, stood for uh, abortions after eight months or something like that, which is absolutely not true. The guy who's saying it knows it's not true. But what he does know is that there are certain people in this crowd that are so fucking stupid that they will believe it. And they will take it all the way to the bank because they can't understand truth or facts. Fact is, they don't want to hear the truth or facts. They only want to hear what they want to hear. And the Republicans know that. And when we talk about facts, since we don't really have that many trump fucks. <laughs> listening to the Rational Boomer podcast, or if there are, I'm not hearing from them, which is good. People always ask me, you block Trump LaFox, you do this, you do this. Don't you want to teach them a lesson? No, because I can't teach them a lesson. They aren't learning. They need uh, some special education in order to learn the facts because somehow they can't grasp or comprehend truth and facts uh, like most of us can. But let's talk about some facts. Republicans, Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, are always complaining and always worried about, oh, the borders are open, all these people are coming through, Joe Biden just left the door open and letting anybody in who wants to come in. And we know that Donald Trump believes the people, the Hispanic people coming across the border are rapists, murderers, drug addicts, sex traffickers. It's ironic that he would bring up the sex trafficking because most of his buddies and he himself have been accused of sex trafficking. But here are the true facts about what's going on. As much as they complain about Joe Biden, it's really not the way it truly is. As far as they're concerned, anybody and everybody's coming across the border. We're being invaded by uh, illegal aliens down in Texas and such, and that's Not quite true. In 2020, uh, let's see, let's look at it this way. Let's look at some facts. 2020 under Donald Trump and 2021 under Joe Biden. Now, both years had similar amounts of people coming to the border, wanting to get into the United States. Both presidents were dealing with roughly the same amount of people at the border. Now, in 2021, Biden, Joe Biden, allowed 36% of those people that came to the border to stay in the country, go to court, and seek asylum. Well, 36% of uh, a big number, a number of people that come to the border in one year, that's a lot of people, right? That's a lot of people. And the Republicans and Donald Trump would have you believe that it is more people than ever before. Well, we know there's a similar amount of people coming to the border. But in 2020, Donald Trump allowed 56% of all the migrants coming to the border to stay in the country and seek asylum. 
So as much as they're talking about Joe Biden and saying how he's letting everybody in, fucking turns out that Donald Trump let in more people than Joe Biden has. Sounds to me like Joe Biden has fixed another fuck up by Donald Trump. But they'll continue to spew this shit and expect people to believe it. Now, normal people like you and I won't believe that shit, especially now that we know the facts. But there are all these dumb trump that will go, See, see, I told you, he said it, so it must be true. It's absolutely ridiculous. And it's troubling and it's concerning to think that we've got this many stupid people in this country. And if we can't make them understand the truth, we are going to have problems for a long time. Now, fortunately, the amount of people that believe this shit is starting to diminish. People are getting tired of hearing the same old things or being grifted for money and getting nothing in return. Many people are seeing the light, in in spite of the fact that they may be some stupid motherfuckers. But people are going to get tired of being played, and that's what the Republicans do here. They just fucking play people. They tell them what they want to hear, whether it's the truth or not. And when they hear what they want to hear, they start clapping, they start eating the red meat, and they're all in. (laughs) You know, that's one of the things about life. I was trying to explain this to my son one time. I said, look, If you're going to live this life and you're going to be successful in life, you have to acknowledge two things. First, that you can be wrong. Second, that you will admit that you're wrong. Not so much for the benefit of those people around you, family, friends, whatever, but for yourself. If you're unable to admit when you're wrong or you're hearing something that's not the truth and you're willing to go forward based on those lies— You are opening yourself up for failure. So it's incumbent upon yourself to realize when you're wrong, admit you're wrong, act on it, and change it. Because only then will your life or whatever you're going after will succeed. There's no shame in failing or being wrong. We're all wrong a lot of times. And instead of looking at it as a... uh, personal deficiency, think of it as research. Whenever you research something, you look for different things. You may have ideas about certain things, but then after researching, you realize, no, that's not true. This is true. So now you can put together the research and be certain that it's going to be valuable for you. And then you'll be able to succeed in what you're doing. But people in everyday life don't do that. They say, I can't be wrong. If it came out of my mouth, it's like it's coming directly from the Bible, a gospel. And that's where people fail all the time. And that's where the Trumplifunks fail every day. These people, the Republican politicians, know exactly how they think, and they know exactly that they're stupid. So they just feed their stupidity, and these people eat it up like it's the best thing ever. And then ultimately, they fail. This is why they keep sending money to Donald Trump uh, in his attempt to grift money, and they get nothing in return. You ever notice when you watch these people, you keep hearing these claims over and over again? I heard one today. Somebody had the audacity to say, oh, Donald Trump will be back before the end of the year. 
Well, we've heard this on at least 10 occasions over the last year, and none of them have been true. But somehow, they aren't thinking about that. Let me ask you a question. Somebody tells you 10 times that something's going to happen, and it doesn't happen. Do you continue to believe them? When they come to you the 11th time, are you going to trust and believe in them? No, of course you're not. Based on history, based on track record, these people can't even grasp that. They can't grasp it. So when they're told the things they're told, they believe it to be true, and they look foolish in the process. All right. We'll see what happens with that immigration thing. That's one of the many weak uh, complaints that Republicans have against Democrats, and the Democrats need to get out the true information so uh, the truth is known, and they can, can no longer continue to do that bullshit. Now, here's a fucked-up story. <clears throat> we always seem to have some fucked-up stories now and again. Do you remember the story of the four Trumplefucks that hatched a plan in 2020 to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. She is a Democrat. Well, of course, these idiots were caught and prosecuted, and surely they got the maximum penalty. I mean, you can't just go around attempting to uh, kidnap a governor of a state. you got to expect they'd be held accountable. But guess what? They're not. You see, what's going on here... Um, the trial just ended, and two of the suspects were acquitted. They were found not guilty. And the other two hung the jury. So there's been no decision on them. Now they could go back and retry them, or they could just let it go. I'm guessing they're just going to let it go, because that's the kinds of things that they're going to do. You see, what's going on here, Whitmer's chief of staff, Joanne Hulls, said it best. Americans, especially our children, are living through the normalization of political violence. I got to tell you, I grew up through the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, and I saw some pretty crazy shit, especially in the 60s. But I never saw the level of violence toward the government that we see now or the divisiveness in this country. Now, we've had periods of time in this country when the majority thought the wrong things. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. For those of us that are old enough, you'll, you'll understand what I'm saying. But when I talk to millennials and we talk about racism or those sorts of things, they think it's horrible, and, and they, they, they think that people that are supporting white supremacy now are bad, and they can't believe anybody would ever do that sort of thing. What they don't understand is if you go back to the 1960s, that's certainly the 1950s and maybe some of the 70s, racism was accepted. It was just part of life. White people went along with it, black people went around along with it, and so did other people of color. It happened. There was segregation in schools. Uh, there was poor treatment of people of color, and it was accepted. I mean, you always hear people saying the N-word. They won't say the word because it is, it is taboo. And it should be. It's a horrible word. It should not be used. But if you went back to the 60s and 70s, you heard that word all the time. 
you heard other names uh, intended for people of color too. And it was commonplace. And you know what? No one was shamed for that when they did that. No one. It wasn't until we got through the civil rights uh, bill and, and some other things, and then even after the civil rights bill was passed, um, it took a long time for this country to change its attitude about things. Either you were racist and didn't think it was anything, or you weren't racist, but you didn't think it was a big deal because it didn't affect you. That's how the 60s, 50s, 60s, and even the 70s were. It wasn't a thing. It wasn't something white people worried about. And people of color just said, well, we're, we're, it's getting a little better, but uh, we can only do what we can do. Racism really wasn't a thing as much of a thing in the 60s and 70s. And when you think about that, that's not that long ago. We're talking 50 years ago. That's what is frightening. But now we see it uh, in our faces now. And in addition to the racism, now we've got the idea that you can overthrow a government, kidnap a governor. You can do whatever you want as if there's something going on that you don't agree with, instead of voting different and uh, and uh, campaigning for different uh, candidates, you can just charge the building and try to take over the government or try to kidnap a governor. That's you know that's just what these fucking idiots um, do. Now this woman is absolutely correct about the normalization of political violence. Think about this. Prior to January 6th, the insurrection, nobody could have ever imagined even anything like that happening. As I sat here in my living room with my wife watching it on TV, while we were watching it, we couldn't imagine that it was happening. This is America. This isn't a third world country, but it's becoming normalized. If you don't like what's going on, you just attack and you try to take it. You try to steal it. One of the things I've seen in the last few years that I find the most disturbing is that America's legal system in the last five years has shown just how weak and convoluted it is. Now, I'm sure the trump are ecstatic about this situation with these uh, kidnappers and Governor Whitmer. But the problem is, is these people don't think ahead. They don't think ahead. They have no foresight. And I said this during the time that Donald Trump was in office. He broke all these norms. He got away with all kinds of things. We're normalizing violence in politics. And the Republicans are all for it because it's working in their benefit, right? But once they exposed that these norms were weak and that our courts were weak, they did something else. They left the door wide open for anybody else to do it. I mean, theoretically, based on what we saw in Michigan, should Michigan get a Republican governor, theoretically, Democrats could plot to kidnap the governor. Or a president who might be Democrat in the future could break all the norms that Donald Trump did and get away with it. He exposed all that. The Trump fucks are exposing it. And they don't realize that this may be shoved back in their face. Uh, 
All they can think about is now. What's happening now? I got to get what I want now. Instant gratification. But they don't have enough foresight to, to understand that once they've opened that door, it's open for everybody. I've said before, I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. I guess you could call me an independent, but I don't join clubs or teams or groups. I don't like, because most people in these clubs don't like the way I think, because I'm not all in. I'm not going to say something I don't believe just because the party says we should. That's just not the way I'm going to do it. I'm not going to compromise what I think or what I say based on what, a group of people in suits tell me to do. That's why I can't be in any club, whether it be politics, whether it be religion or whatever. I have enough confidence in myself that I know I can look at things and research things and find the truth and find out what's right. And that's what I'm about more than anything. Maybe that's idealistic or Pollyanna or whatever. But you got to fight for something. And the truth is probably the best thing in the world you can fight for. So um, what I'm saying is these Republicans, as much as they think they're getting away with something now, they have opened up the door for other people to do it. And now they're going to scream and cry and yell like a stuck pig, but they've set the precedent. They've already showed us what can be done and what can be gotten away with, and then somebody else will do it, and of course they'll have a different reaction because it goes against their agenda. Unfortunately, the reason these people can do these things is because they, as I said, set the precedent. This is how stupid these Trumple fucks and Republicans are. They only want what they want now, but someday, sometime... Somebody's going to shove it right back in their face. And, you know, I don't have enough confidence in any politicians, whether it be Democrat or Republican. These are people that are looking to enrich themselves. They will take advantage. They will exploit things. And if that opportunity arises or the need arises, whether we have a president or a congressman or a senator or or a governor, or whatever it is. If you don't think they're going to jump on that, you're sadly mistaken. They will. Democrats have done it in the past, and so have Republicans, and so have independents. This is about human nature. Not the truth, not what's right. It's what benefits me. And that essentially is what's the problem with this country. This is where we have our difficulties in this country. What happened with the Republicans, the Trump fucks, and all these base supporters not only caused problems for the Democrats in the past five years, they've caused problems for this country for God knows how long until we can rectify that. Now, even if we start rectifying it today, it's going to take years to get it back to where it should be. The damage has been done. The Weaknesses have been exposed, and there will always some be somebody there to exploit the weaknesses. It's going to happen again. And therein lies the problem for this country. Because 
the Democrats and the Republican are only looking out for themselves. They're not doing the job they were hired for, and that was to protect us, take care of us, serve us. But we know both sides have a little problem doing that. Now, you might say, well, yeah, the Democrats want to pass the Build Back Better bill, ACA, and all that sort of stuff. And yes, that's true, because it's what's beneficial in beating the Republicans right now. But think back over the last hundred years. Republicans have been in control. Democrats have been in control. And in each administration's the things they could have done for us but didn't do for us is massive. They haven't been doing their job for decades and decades and decades. Now the Democrats seem like they want to do it, but of course the Republicans block it. The only way we'll be able to see where the Democrats' true hearts are is if at the midterms they expand the majority in the House and they expand the majority in the Senate and there is nothing holding them back. Joe Biden will have two more years. We'll have the House and Senate. At that point, they should be able to pass anything they want as long as they do well in the midterms. And when they have that freedom and when they have that opportunity, what will they do? People act differently when they have complete power. I'm hoping against hope that we can trust the Democrats. But honestly, they're fucking politicians. I don't trust them. But at this point, I'd rather bet on the Democrats than count on the Republicans because the Republicans showed us who they are and what they will and won't do. And none of it is beneficial to us. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. So you probably heard that Donald Trump is now BFFs with Kid Rock. You know who Kid Rock is. He's the redneck, um, trailer trash, whatever, white trash, whatever you want to call him, rapper slash singer. Now, what Donald Trump is thinking here is that he can get to the youth votes by having uh, a connection with a hip rock star. (laughs) Well, maybe he can, but Kid Rock isn't your young, hip, or even a rock star. He's a has-been wannabe joke, just like Donald Trump. You know, some other similarities between Kid Rock and Trump are that they started both their careers based on lies. Trump got a half a billion dollars from his daddy, Daddy bailed him out every time he fucked up, which is every time he did anything. And while Kid Rock would like you to believe he is this white trash, poor working man redneck, he in fact came from a pretty wealthy suburb of Detroit. And his dad was a pretty wealthy businessman. Neither of these clowns were self-made men. If not for their daddies, they would have never seen any success. They had money going into this. Donald Trump tried to tell us, well, his dad just borrowed me a million dollars and I turned it into billions. Bullshit. You think uh, Kid Rock didn't get some help from dad? I mean, fuck, if my kid were Kid Rock and uh, I had a lot of money, (laughs) I'd give him as much money as he needed just to get the fuck out of there. 
Now, Kid Rock is on tour, and at best, it's kind of a lame-ass oldies tour, because that's what he is. He hasn't had a hit in recent times. He's kind of a joke in his own right. Now, I know there are people out there that uh, love Kid Rock, and that's fine. You can love him. I don't. The fact that he's tied to Donald Trump makes it even worse. But the interesting thing about Kid Rock, what he does is he starts each show with a video of Donald Trump. <laughs> Isn't that what you want to see when you go to a rock rock show? Dumbass diaper Donnie Trump giving a little speech promoting himself. And Kid Rock thinking that, well, at least I, I, I don't have anybody really buying my shit anymore. So if I sidle up with uh, Donald Trump, maybe I'll get his base to buy my shit. Clearly, they're willing to give Donald Trump money for nothing. Maybe I can sell my music to them. Now, in this video, Trump is pretty stiff. He's not really a good speaker anyway. He's clearly never been to a rock concert. He has no idea what it's about, and uh, he looks a little out of place. But uh, he has a cool new tagline, and this is ingenious. The tagline is, make America rock again. (laughs) Now, the whole scene is pretty pitiful. And frankly, I'm not as in-depth with the rock scene as I once was, because I'm 62, going to be 62. I don't, you know, I turn on the radio right now and I listen to all the hit songs and I don't know any of them. Mainly because I don't listen to the radio or watch videos on TV or whatever. I'm listening to audiobooks or podcasts or those sorts of things. I was into music when I was a young man. I'm not now, so I'm not going to complain. Uh, uh, suggest that I know anything about the music scene at this point. I know Justin Bieber's out there, Beyonce, Lady Gaga, um, Ariana Grande. I know who they are. I don't know that I would know their music. I will say I like Lady Gaga, though. She's one of those people, when I heard she first came out, I wanted to fucking hate her because it sounded ridiculous. And then when I heard her sing, I thought, this woman can sing, and she's talented. So I do like Lady Gaga, but that probably makes me lame, too, amongst the younger set, but I don't give a fuck. Now, the fact of the matter is, is... um, This country is rocking just fine (laughs) without Kid Rock or Donald Trump. These are two old, racist, misogynistic, anti-Semitic, lying pieces of shit losers trying to hold on the last threads of their fame. These two have expiration dates that have already expired or in the last days because nobody cares. Now, I was never a fan of uh, Kid Rock. I never even really had an opinion opinion about him because I, I didn't listen to his shit. But if he truly supports Donald Trump and makes him part of his rock tour, I can honestly say I do have an opinion about uh, Kid Rock at this point, and that opinion is I fucking hate him. I mean, that's... I'm sorry to say that. I know you're not supposed to hate anybody, but I don't care. I'm at a point in my life that anybody 
I don't care who you are. If you support Donald Trump and the things he's done and the things he's doing after all this time and all that's been exposed, all that we've seen and all that we've heard, if you still support Donald Trump, well, I have no fucking time for you. And if you want to talk to me, it's not going to be pleasant because I don't fucking like you. You're either stupid or evil or a combination of both. And I don't have time to talk to you. You are a scourge on this country. And, you know, it it troubles me to say that because I've got people I've known for decades, friends of mine when I was young. That's the weird thing about this. I mentioned this in the podcast with Ed Jones, where I went to school in South Minneapolis was predominantly white. It was almost like a suburban school, but it was in the inner city. It was close to the suburbs. But we had kids of color and in the school, and they were my friends as well as anybody else was my friends. But as I go back in time now, when I talk to some of these people, especially after Donald Trump has come to prominence in politics, I'm finding out, man, there are a lot of Trumplifucks where I came from. People I grew up with, people I partied with, people I had fun with, people I truly liked. And now I come to talk to them, and I find out this is what they believe. Now, these are friends of mine, compatriots, people I hung out with all the time, people that were in my fucking wedding. But now I hear them talk the way they talk, and I can't can't get that out of my mind. All of a sudden, these people that were once friends, I cannot stand. I don't like. I, I, I dare say I hate them. And the reason is, is because they willfully either ignored or purposely tried to damage this country. They support somebody who is racist, misogynistic, and anti-Semitic. Somebody who's tried to overthrow this country. And for me, all of that is unforgivable. These friends of mine, I thought, were smarter than that. But clearly, they're not. And since they're not, I don't really have much to do with them anymore. I mean, what can you do with that? What what can you possibly do? I don't know. Kid Rock, fuck you. Donald Trump, fuck you. Kid, uh, Kid Rock, I tell you what, get a hit and then come back and talk to us. You haven't had one for a while, and... Uh, I'll be anxious to hear if you ever have another one again, because I'm guessing not. You're getting too old, and you're getting too used up, and you're following the wrong crowd of people, because ultimately they are going to fade away and be embarrassed and look stupid, and you'll be left in the rubble after the fact. Now let's, let's talk a little bit about Donald Trump, the grip on the Republican Party that Donald Trump seems to be having is apparently starting to slip away a little bit. He doesn't have quite have the grip that he once has. The base is becoming smaller. The people that support him, that's becoming smaller. Donald Trump just gave an endorsement to Dr. Uh, what is it? Dr. Mamet Oz. You know him as Dr. Oz. He's this crazy fucking TV fuck, this guy that's a conspiracy theorist and just saying some crazy shit. Now, he's a doctor. He knows better. 
but he knows that if he hitches his wagon to Donald Trump, it might get him some votes, some power, some publicity. So that's what he's done. Donald Trump gave an endorsement to Dr. Oz in the GOP primary for U.S. Senate from Pennsylvania. Now, this is the primary. That's the important thing to remember. Now, Republicans are saying that Donald Trump could be splitting this MAGA fucks group. There's a lot of people, a lot of Republicans upset that he's making the endorsements that he's making. And it goes back to something I've said before. People are all worried about all these Trump um, clones coming out and running for office. They don't want to see it. They're worried about it. And I've told you before, the crazier, the better for me. The crazier Republican, the better in these, especially in these primaries. Because if they win, that's just going to make it easier for the Democrats. No Democrats are going to vote for these fucks. The Republican base might vote for them, but they're the independents and the normaler side of Republican parties that aren't going to vote for them. They're base is so small now, they can't win an election. So instead of them getting a good candidate, which I hope they don't, because then they have a possibility of winning, I want to get them the craziest fucking candidates you could possibly find. But here's something that's interesting, something that kind of supports that. The thought is that... um, His own staff, Donald Trump's own staff, may be sabotaging Trump with their recommendations. Yeah, go ahead, endorse that guy. He'd be perfect. He'd be great. Turns out some of these people are on Mitch McConnell's payroll, and clearly those two are no longer very fond of each other. Donald Trump wants to get Mitch McConnell out of office, out of power, out of uh, being the minority leader in the Senate. And why? Because, well, Mitch McConnell has agreed, disagreed with him or not agreed with him or not stood up for him. And that's the big thing with Donald Trump. You pet him on the head and say, man, you're brilliant. He'll bend over backwards for you. The one time you cross him or the one time you contradict him, well, then he's your fucking enemy. That's just the way Donald Trump is. Now, this is kind of interesting, though that uh, maybe some of Mitch McConnell's moles, if you will, are trying to sabotage Donald Trump. Now, to you, that might seem like a crazy conspiracy theory, but maybe not. Now, Mitch McConnell can't come out and say Donald Trump's a crazy fuck, don't vote for him, because then he'll get all kinds of backlash. Maybe the thought is to get Trump to endorse losers in the primaries. His king-making abilities is already being diminished. And that makes him in a situation where he's going to be out of the equation in the midterms. See, what happens is if he endorses a bunch of crazy fucks during the primary and none of them win, then the whole Republican Party is going to look at him differently. Well, his endorsement isn't worth shit. And if his endorsement isn't worth shit, he's going to have no um, sway in the actual elections during the midterm. And um, that's what Mitch McConnell would want. 
See, Mitch McConnell, and he's right in thinking this, he's seeing Donald Trump as a liability to Republicans. Right now, as it stands, he is a liability. But he knows what's going to happen between now and November. He can see what the Democrats are doing. I mean, make no mistake, Mitch McConnell is a slimy motherfucker. And whatever sneaky plans that the Democrats are planning, well, he's already done them once or twice, so he can see that. So given that Donald Trump is likely to be a liability and that Mitch McConnell only cares about Republicans winning, he needs to get Donald Trump the fuck out of the way, out of the equation. It makes some sense. Trump is quickly becoming a liability. Mitch McConnell knows it. And it's going to be worse in November because more things are going to come out. He's going to be exposed to some crimes, to some corruption. And he knows this isn't going to play well with the Republicans. He also knows that he's going to keep grifting and nobody's going to get anything. And people are going to start to kick back about that. Now, as I said, he can't stand up and say, I hate Donald Trump, fuck Donald Trump, don't vote for Donald Trump, because he'll get a certain group of people to fight back, because no matter what Donald Trump says, they will believe him. So instead of being the hatchet man, if you will, he sets Donald Trump up to fail, and then when he fails, the entire party, the entire base, and everybody says, Yeah, that's not working. We need to get Donald Trump out. So Mitch McConnell gets what he wants without taking the hit for being the guy that uh, is calling out Donald Trump. Now, if you know Mitch McConnell, I don't know him personally, but if you know him by the way he does business, this all kind of makes sense. The question is, can he do this before Trump irreparably damages the Republican Party? Fact is, I know he's already done severe damage to the Republican Party, but will he bring it down completely? Honestly, I don't know if Mitch McConnell has enough power to change this. Donald Trump is in a spiral. He will crash, and the Republican Party will come down around him. That's what's going to happen. Mitch McConnell has to try, and he is apparently trying, but I don't think he's going to have much chance to do that. Here's something about Russia I wanted to pass along. We've been hearing about the sanctions and everybody's saying, what are the sanctions doing? They're not doing anything. Well, they are doing some things. According to Business Insider, Russian President Vladimir Putin's decision to invade Ukraine, triggering tons of sanctions, is about to get hit hard by those sanctions. Russia is facing bond defaults, which will create chaos in the courts and in the financial community in Russia. They haven't hit as yet. See, Russia has failed to make a $650 million bond payment this past Monday. And he's about to default on that payment. Russia can't access any assets that are in uh, foreign countries, which they have a lot of. With all the sanctions, everything's been shut down, shut off, or taken away. So he would normally use these assets to make payments on these bonds, and he's not able to do that. 
And as I said, he's already missed a payment of $650 million that was due on Monday. Now, the fact of the matter is, is if he does officially default on this stuff, as they say, it's going to create chaos. It's going to create uh, problems in the financial community. The courts are going to be all fucked up. And that's when things are really going to start falling apart for Russia and the people of Russia and the government in Russia, and the economy in Russia. We knew that when we put in place these sanctions, it was going to take a little time. And it will take a little time. Some of this won't really even have an impact for another year or two. But there is things happening now. By them defaulting on bonds, that puts them in a world of hurt. Now, whether Vladimir Putin cares or not, I don't know. I mean, who knows? We don't know if this guy's crazy and he's just going to do what he does or if he's not crazy and he's just trying to to uh, bullshit people to get them to fold up and die. But nobody's doing that. Zelensky shows no sign of giving up or bending over for Vlad- Vladimir Putin. Now, we know that Vladimir Putin is focusing on, focusing on the east side of Ukraine and the southern side of Ukraine. And what we're expecting right now is a massive attack in those areas. They've completely pulled out of Ukraine and uh, are out of Kiev and uh, the other bigger towns. They tried to take them over and they weren't able to do it. They weren't strong enough. So they're going to focus on a smaller area after they retool get more resources, get more ammunition, and then there's going to be another big attack. And we know that uh, they are perfectly willing to target civilians. So this could be some more horrific shit. But when this stuff starts going down in the country, the economy and all of this shit, that's when the Russian military, the Russian government, and the citizens of of, of Russia are going to start getting getting nervous. They're seeing their life savings. They're seeing their form of government starting to crumble. And somebody is going to have to do something. As I've said all along, I expect if anything happens with Vladimir Putin being taken out of office one way or another, it's going to be somebody in Russia. As much as we'd like to see America and all the other NATO countries charge into Russia grab Vladimir Putin, put him in cuffs, and put him in jail, that's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. There's too much at stake by doing something like this. And they're not going to go into Ukraine and fight side by side with the Ukrainian military. It's not going to happen. Whether we think it should, whether we want it to happen, it's not going to happen. The people on the upper levels like Joe Biden and some of the other people in other NATO countries don't like the risk of World War III and a nuclear war. And it's a valid concern. There's no question about that. Uh, So they're kind of stuck. All they can do is give more money and more weapons and more um, military equipment to them and hopefully help them to fight. So now we expect this big attack in eastern Ukraine, so it's really important for NATO to start getting all the weapons and ammunition and and equipment as fast as they can to get to 
eastern Ukraine so they can help to protect their cities there. And you have to wonder what's going to happen now that Vladimir Putin has backed off as much as he has, and he's focusing on these smaller areas, thinking it'll be easier for him to break them and take these over, because he's got to come out of here with something. He can't leave here. He just doesn't have it in him to leave there without some kind of win, or at least some kind of perceived win. And this is where he thinks he's going to get it. Now, if Ukraine continues to hold them back, continue to beat them, well, that's going to be a problem for Vladimir Putin. I just heard a story yesterday that uh, in one day, just yesterday, uh, Ukraine had taken down 13 air weapons. I'm talking about missiles. I'm talking about planes. I'm talking about helicopters. 13 of them, one day. Ukraine's having great success dealing with these people. They, uh, Russia has yet to have air superiority, um, and that that's, can be attributed to Ukraine and the hard fighting and the diligence that they've set forth. But what I'm getting at, knowing that we, what we know about eastern Ukraine and what is to come after what we have already seen, They need to start pouring money and weapons and everything they can into it. It's not to say America hasn't done a lot already. But keep in mind, I mentioned this the other day. We were in Afghanistan for 20 years. And during that 20 years, that war cost us $320 million per day. It's a fucking lot of money. Now, granted, it'd be nice to save that money, maybe use it for the Build Back Better bill or whatever the fuck. But for right now, we've got a fire to put out. We can afford to put more money and more weapons and more equipment into this based on what we'd spent for 20 years in Afghanistan. So we need to pull out the stops and do that. If we aren't going to fight with them, we need to equip them well enough that they can push back Russia and they can defeat Russia. We can only hope that that's what they will do when it comes down to it here very shortly. All right, we're going to wrap it up for the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you very much for listening. I, uh, if you have questions, comments, or complaints, by all means, send me an email directly at rationalboomer at gmail.com or go to anchor.fm, look for the Rational Boomer podcast, and you can leave a voicemail. Again, thanks very much. Have yourself a great day, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.